Welcome to episode 10 of my new podcast, Why Didn't Anyone Tell Me This? With my guests, we are discussing health issues, questions you may have, and debunking some of the myths around your health. Today, we have the great pleasure of speaking with the very motivational Siobhan Daniels. She is a pro-age campaigner and retirement rebel, which is the title of her book. Siobhan retired at age 60 from the BBC after 30 years working as a presenter, reporter and producer. She then took a very brave step and got rid of her home and her possessions and bought a motorhome. For nearly four years, she has been travelling Great Britain and Ireland in her van, having lots of adventures and challenging ageism. She has written a wonderful book, which I was very motivated by, I'll tell you in a moment, which aims to inspire women to have their adventures and age positively. So, hi, Siobhan. Hi, it's so lovely to be here. And I I really want to talk about your amazingly motivating book. Your aim, as, as we've said, was to motivate women to lead their best lives, which is also one of my mantras. And I must tell everybody that after the first few pages, you motivated me. And I've always wanted a camper van. I'm sure many of our listeners have always wanted to have this freedom of having a camper van, but I did it. So we're now in, well, we're recording this in March. <laughs> and I am very sure I wouldn't quite have done it without reading your book. I started reading around Christmas and on my vision board, I put a picture of a a big car that I was going to use. And it's it's a mini camper. I'm using it as my stepping stone. I'm learning so much already. And I am aiming to get a, a van that I'm going to convert in a few years. And already I feel I've set myself free. So That's I really want to, I wanted to start by it's thanking you. It, it is, it is. I've got lots, I've learned a lot already. But before we talk about your wonderful book, Tell me about your journey to becoming Retirement Rebel. Oh, gosh. It's been a long journey. Um, it, it kind of started when I was working in my mid-50s. I was just feeling generally overwhelmed with life. Um, I've got a, a brother who died at 53 from lung cancer, a sister who died at 53 from lung cancer. I had to have a hysterectomy um, because of precancerous cells. Um, I was feeling very marginalised at work. I felt ageism was in play and I felt bullied. I just felt really unhappy with life. And one particular day, I talk about it at the very start of my book, as you'll know, um, running into the toilet at work and just bursting into floods of tears and looking at myself and knowing in that moment that I was just broken. I, was, I just did not want to carry on living the way that I was living. And I just remember thinking, I need to find another way of, of living. Um, this is destroying me. Hadn't a clue what I was going to do, how I was going to do it, but it sowed a seed in my head. And then for the next few years, all sorts of things happened and I struggled through. But in the back of my mind, I kept trying to work out how I could retire at 60 and be able to find my happy place. And then one morning, goodness knows why, because I'd never holidayed in one and never driven one, the idea of a motorhome popped into my head. And I just got really excited and thought, that's it. That's it. That's the answer. Um, I just get rid of my home. Because I was also disillusioned with how everybody was going out working long hours, 
working, earning lots of money to buy lots of stuff, including me. I was working 10 hour days and filling my home with beautiful things and doing dinner parties, but it was stopping me from living properly and stopping me from being happy. So I thought, get rid of all my stuff, get rid of my home, buy a motorhome and hit the road. And I was telling everybody at work who listened, that's what I was going to do. And they didn't believe me for a moment. But as it approached 60 and I was going to retire, they were going, oh, my goodness, you're going to do this, aren't you? That's, that's amazing and and it was it was my 60th birthday in January so I think that's not not everyone has to wait till they're 60 I'm sure but but it's really really um a motivating time I think to to stop and reflect and and I I agree with you um you know positive aging and also worrying about those friends that are are ill or that they pass and life's too short and we, we've got to really go for it um and I think I think that's such a, a hard thing to realise that we've got to do it. We've got to do it and not wait any time. So I think a lot of women repurpose their life when they're in their mid fifties and when they're approaching sixty. It's and the children have left home. You know, my daughter had gone off to uni, so I've got the empty nest as well. And I think they repurpose and they also want that that adventure again it's sort of is this it what about what you know what next and I'm trying to show them there's so much more next when you retire you refire there's so many adventures out there that you can have um and I'm definitely resonating because so many people are buying my book retirement rebel and so many women are contacting me like yourself saying I've inspired them they've gone out and bought the van and hit the road and that is just music to my ears it makes me so happy because that's genuinely why I'm doing this I don't want any other woman to feel as broken as I felt with no hope I was broken in my mid-50s and now approaching 64 I really genuinely have found who I am and become the woman that I always felt I should have been and and I found my happy place fantastic and do you think we should start thinking about this before we get to retirement. I, I I keep hearing so many of my friends who are about to retire and they say, I say, what are you going to do? And they say, I don't know. But you've done a lot of your planning, hadn't mm. you, before? And you'd also had a little go at this before. So do you think we should start thinking about this before retirement or wait and then retire and wake up one morning and think, right, what am I going to do with the rest of my life? <laughs> Well, I, I don't know. There's no one size fits all, really. I Like you say, I had a little go at it uh, as well, because when I was 49, that was when my daughter went off to uni. And I'd been a single mum for years since she was four. Um, and I kind of was struggling then because my brother had died. My sister hadn't yet died, but my brother had died and I'd had my hysterectomy. So I went to my boss at work and asked for a gap year. And I had a gap year and I did like any sensible 49 year old woman would do. I got myself around the world ticket, packed a rucksack and backpacked solo around the world for a year. But that introduced me to that feeling of agelessness and adventure and reignited in me all kinds of feelings that I'd had when I traveled around India and Nepal and various things when I was younger. It just reignited those those feelings and that lust for adventure. So I wanted to find some way of doing that in later life. And then as life overwhelmed me, I did. I wanted to do it sooner rather than later. So that's how it happened to me. And I didn't really plan. Life's forced me to do that. Life just forced me to, to take this step because I had no alternative. I felt so lost and so broken that I just needed to do something. And, and this has proved to be the right path that I've taken. 
Fantastic. And I I always say, talking about positive ageism, I always say that I feel better now than when I was 18. When I was 18, I think most of us, we're worried about career and education and money and will we get a boyfriend and will we have children or not and will we buy a house and all those things we worry about. But this sense of being older and you've ticked all those things that you felt you had to do and now you, your, those worries have gone and you can do whatever you want. But I, I don't think it's a coincidence that some of the motivating women I've already interviewed on here, so we had Jessica Hepburn, we had Joe Mosley, you. Um, oh, we, we've, we've got something in common. We, we've all, we're all single. <laughs> and I think it is something that's really encouraged to do if you are single. I think so many people think, oh, I need to find a partner. But that freedom really can happen when and I know you did have a boyfriend didn't you when you started but you left him behind <laughs> I did but he couldn't he couldn't really get to grips with what I was doing he kept saying well where are you going what are you doing and I was going I don't know my plan is to, to have no plan and to go with the flow and that's exactly what I did do um but I, it's not so much being single I know there are a lot of single women out there and I try and help them and encourage them to face the fears um but it's also women you know have your own time have your own adventures you your husband or your partner doesn't have to come with you anywhere. There's a great girl called Holly who set up a group called These Girls Van. And that's no men are welcome. And it's sort of married women and, and people, the women come with their children. And it's just to show them you can be brave. You can have your adventures on your own. You can have some me time. Um, but I was very, very scared when I set off. When I turned the key in the ignition in 2019 um, and set off in Dora the Explorer, my motorhome, um, I was giggling and crying and goosebumpy all at the same time because I was thinking, what are you doing? It was just so exciting. I really was heading off into the unknown. But I knew that life, anything was better than what I was doing before this. Um, and I just head off and I faced my fears. I didn't know how to fill my water tank. I didn't really know how to collect it with electric. I certainly didn't know how to drive the thing at first. I used to pull over at the side of the road in floods of tears thinking I can't do this. But I've faced those fears. I've learned to do things. The community out there, the van life community is so helpful. People are willing to help you when you get stuck or you've got problems. Um, and so so I found my tribe and I found my happiness and I found that I can do things. You know, I am capable of doing things. And sometimes I'm overwhelmed, like when my shower blocked, I'd sat and had a cry and for about a week, I kept emptying it with a cup. And then I thought, come on, you can do this. And I looked at YouTube videos, various things and mended it myself. That's that's amazing. And I must say, I don't normally get nervous or anxious at anything, but the first when, I, when the first trip was coming, I did, I did get really nervous. So, uh, you know, we, we've got, we, we will have fears, um, but we can overcome them. Yeah. And I, I bought the car and it's, it's quite, it's, it's not a, a van. It's a, it's a, it's a big car, um, but it's bigger than my current car. And I, I kept it on the drive for a week <laughs> before I went out. I was already putting things in and putting the bed in it and everything, but yeah, it, so it is challenging for women. And you know, even someone like me who doesn't normally get phased by these things, it, and I've, I've done one trip, I'll tell you about in a minute, but um, I'm now nervous about the next trip. So you, you, were, you were incredibly bold. And you know, I, th I think it is hard. Is, is there any advice you'd give to people to help 
get them to overcome that and get going? I think don't be scared to ask for help, but also look out there for the groups of women. If you don't want to do it on your own, there are groups of women now more and more. I've just written an, an article for the iPaper about the, the increasing number of women on their own who are going out in their vans. And there's proper little communities joining up. Like I say, these girls van, I'm actually doing a weekend away with them in the end of June um, because I want to talk to the women and like minded women and get their stories about why they're doing it and what their fears were and encourage them. Um, but I think, once you face your first couple of fears, you suddenly realise the buzz you get from achieving something and being brave and doing it and realising that you can. Um, and there's so much to see out around Great Britain. You don't have to go abroad. I've found some amazing places, particularly up in Scotland in the Outer Hebrides and travelling around. But I would say to the women, face your fears. If you're too scared, ask for help and go along with a friend. But you'll be amazed what you can do. I, I was very lucky. My friend Kat, who has a, a, a camper van, she came with me for my first trip. And so I think that's why I'm a little bit nervous now that, well, I've got to do the next one. And I don't want to go. We, we went to the seaside where I swim a lot. Most weeks I, I go there swimming. So it was somewhere that I really knew. So now I'm getting prepared and I'll listen to your words in my head all the time of, you know, just getting out, I listen to the podcast again, you know, getting out there and getting to the next, I want to go somewhere I haven't been before and be a bit more adventurous. Now, there were there were two sections of your book that I really, that really touched me um, and they they were very inspiring. And it's the, the section on the time you had at Loch Morlick, if I said that right, um, where you really mm. confronted a lot of emotions and then your lifetime aim to go to the Outer Hebrides. I'm sure they're going to be inundated with women in bands after your, you know, you really, really made me want to go. And it's not somewhere I'd ever thought about going. So would you like to tell us more about those two adventures? Yeah, someone's just messaged me actually today about the Outer Hebrides saying they've read my book, they loved it, they've passed it on to their 81-year-old mother um, because she wants to do my Outer Hebrides trip. So she's going to read my book and then she's heading off in a van on her own to do it, which I think is fabulous. She's my inspiration. Um, but yet yeah, going to Lot Morlick, um, like I said at the beginning, um, I, I had no idea about being in a motorhome um, and getting to grips with the logistics of, of filling the water tank, driving it and everything. And I did all that. But I was conscious all the time when I was in the Lake Districts and the Yorkshire Dales traveling around that I hadn't dealt with what was up here, what had, mo what had pushed me to be doing this adventure in the first place. And I used to say to people when I was frustrated at work, I said, oh, I could just go to the edge of a lock and scream and shout and get all my emotions out. And so the idea in my head when I was up in the Lake District, I thought, you know what, head off up to Scotland, go and do it. So I drove to Aviemore, went to Lock Morlick, went out one night in the middle of the night, right round the edge um, to the edge of the, the, the lock. And I just screamed and shouted and had the conversations with my father because I had a difficult childhood um, with my colleagues at work who I wished I'd said certain things to. Um, I grieved my brother and sister. I grieved my mother who died six months before I embarked on this adventure. Um, and I really miss her terribly even to this day because I know she would have loved what I'm doing. She was a strong woman. But I screamed and shouted and I just dropped to my knees and I was sobbing. I know it sounds melodramatic, but it was. 
everything came out. And then all of a sudden, I just got this overwhelming feeling of calmness. And I just thought, that's it. That's it now. Leave that behind. Use that as fire in your belly to move forward. But be positive, inspire people, help people now. And that's what I've done ever since then. And I do, I don't have anger about situations that have happened. In fact, I've found ways to, to really love my father. And I was so angry and, and with situations that happened in my childhood. But I've come to terms with a lot of things through that. So that was great for me. And that was very cathartic. And I would say to anybody, if you're feeling overwhelmed with life, go find yourself the edge of a lock and just scream like a banshee. And it's amazing how good you feel afterwards. Um, but going to the Outer Hebrides, I was going to go to the Outer Hebrides from Loch Morlick. That was my next bit. But then COVID hit. So I had to drive like mad back down to England because everyone's saying go home. And so I wanted to find a safe place. Um, and I was locked in fields for months during COVID. But I finally, at the beginning of last year, got to go to the Outer Hebrides and that was my lifelong dream and I got the ferry over from Oban to the Isle of Barra and then I worked myself up uh, uh, all the way up the different islands on all the little ferries and going to North, U South Uist, North Uist, um, Lewis and Harris all the way up. It was incredible and when I arrived on Barra it was the dead of night so I parked up and I could hear the sea but I couldn't see how near the sea I was and the next morning Luckily, I set my phone going because I was intrigued and I filmed as I went out. Oh, my goodness. I was right next to the Atlantic and the roar of the waves and the crashing on the rocks. And I just burst into tears and just sat for hours just looking at the sea and thinking dreams do come true. This is incredible. And as if it couldn't get any better, the next night I'm sat there with a glass of wine and the northern lights appeared. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. It was like, yes. Um, so I, but I would recommend anybody going to the, the Outer Hebrides. My one caveat is that I bet it's incredibly busy at a high season. I went February, March. I was coming out of the Outer Hebrides in April when there were masses and masses of vans going. And the roads in some of the bits are so narrow. Um, and luckily, I'm, I'm quite good, I say so myself, at reversing my motorhome now. Um, but I wouldn't like to have... have have it where there's lots and lots of motorhomes but it is a trip worth doing it's mind-blowingly beautiful i'm hoping to go to the shetland isles later this year so. they are now on my list for sure it was the, the way you described the scenery there was just <laughs> outstanding and um you know i think i know you've met loads of wonderful people on your trips and um that really comes across in your book but i think for, for me covid i think for lots of people we had time on our own and I've become a lot more aware of that time on our own and making it quality time on our own and going and doing things. So even if you're married, if your husband doesn't want to do things, just go on your own or go with some girlfriends. But I am definitely spending more time on my own. So lots of I have a lot of friends because I'm a cold water swimmer. I have a lot of friends that live by the sea or by locks and rivers and all sorts of things, lakes and things. And they all say, you can come and stay at my house. And I'm like... I don't want to say no disrespect to them. I want yeah. to be. I want to spend quality time alone. I want, to, as you said, wake there, up. There is something. There's something magical about being on your own and liking being on your own. Um, you can be lonely. People often ask me when I give my talks about my book. Um, you know, do you get lonely? And I say I was more lonely 
in the workplace when I felt miserable and marginalised and voiceless um, than I am now. And I choose to be alone. And that's a big difference than being lonely. I choose to be alone and I enjoy those moments. It took me a while at the beginning to learn to be alone and to do nothing, but just enjoy my surroundings. I kept thinking I should be doing something. I'm being lazy. But I, I got used to in the, the second lockdown, I was five months on my own in a field in Norfolk. And I used to sit on the steps of my motorhome with a cup of tea in the afternoon with the door open, whatever the weather, I just wrap up warm and I'd listen to the birds and I'd just look at the clouds in the sky and I'd smell the grass and the, the leaves and things. And I just enjoyed being at one with nature. And I, my life had been so busy before, I'd been rushing past it. My mum's God lover, spent years trying to teach me the birds and the trees and all sorts of flowers and things. And I never really took it in. And now I wish she was here because I see beautiful birds and want to just say to her, you know, oh, what's that? Send her a picture and say, which one's that? What's that? And I wished I'd listen now because I'm really enjoying just being at one in nature and being alone. Yeah, it's it's about, I did a video um, I, I put I put on social media the other day. I, I have a hot tub in the garden I was sitting in there and the bird song was astounding it was just really really unbelievable mm. and I just thought I've got to video this and I did and it was amazing but you know you you said this throughout your book and and today you know just slowing life down and having time to think having time to grieve you know it took your trip um to really finally have time and it didn't happen straight away did it you know you had to be at that right time when you're screaming no. by the lock you know we run around the whole time and we we don't you know and I don't think we can really sit and reflect unless we get to that stage on our own where we we do have the space to let those other thoughts come into our mind so I think that's really really important for people to try and not rush around so much yeah, and I do think that, that, that grieving is important. Um, I just thought I had to keep going because you do have to keep going. You have to keep working and pay your bills and, and earn your money. But I, I just know that once I'd grieved, I felt like a different person. I kept saying to my daughter before I was embarking on this trip and when I was feeling broken with life, I was saying, I'm, I want to stop pretending. I want, I knew how broken I was inside but because I've got that confident voice and I can put my makeup on and I can look good and I take myself into work I looked on the surface that I was coping with everything but inside I was completely broken and I was pretending being alone and learning to be alone and learning to take in your surroundings really helps you to to reflect on how you're genuinely feeling am I sad am I happy you know, am I feeling excited? And I've posted often on my um, uh, Instagram, Siobhan Shavoff, throughout my, my adventures, good days and bad days, because I think it's very important to show that even when I've got the time now um, to reflect, I do have some days where I wake up and I just feel all at sorts and I feel miserable and I don't really know why, but I'm allowing those feelings in and I'm allowing myself to just have time. If I, if I have a bad day, I think just sit and read or just sit and do nothing or, or just have an afternoon kip, which I love. <laughs> I love it. I love it too. And I never get to do it enough. So um, one coincidence when reading your book was the 
day the day I was doing my first trip, and mine was a wild trip. So I went and just pulled up by the beach, and we we just camped. They went for we, me and my friend Kat went for a walk along the beach, and the next thing it was half past eleven, and I was like, I wanted to go back to my to my car to to read the next bit of your book. <laughs> Um, but the uh, so I was reading I was reading your book on my first uh, trip, but it was it was wild oh, camping, brilliant. and and what was the coincidence was was that I read your section of your book where you first went wild camping on the morning I went wild camping, uh, so I thought that was brilliant. And have you got any stories to share about doing it wild rather than doing it via a sort of campsite? I don't do an awful lot of wild camping because for me, often that's one step too far. So I don't do a lot. I tend to stay in the CL sites and CS sites that are affiliated to the the motorhome club and the caravan um, and camping club. Um, And they take a maximum of five vehicles and they're in lovely locations. But the times I've wild camped have been up in Scotland because that's geared to wild camping. And I, I wild camped um, in South Uist for the first time in, in the Outer Hebrides. And I absolutely loved it. And I, I posted a picture on my Instagram of the view when I opened the door in the morning. There was no internet signal, no phone signal, no nothing. I was at one with nature and the rusty colours and the <clears throat> just the orangey colours of the hillside were just beautiful when I opened the door in the morning and I just felt really really at peace but the Isle of Harris as well that's incredible to wild camp and they've got um, a great system where they've got certain locations allocated for wild camping in the most amazing places just a little bench the rocks and the Atlantic and an area for you to leave your motorhome five pounds for the night you just text the council and you can wild camp and the same in Northumberland, I found out the other day. Um, they've got Northumberland Council. You can contact them. They've got areas, car parks. I parked just past um, Bamba Castle. I can't remember the area, but somewhere near there, the car park, one side of the dunes. And the next morning, I got up really early, made myself a flask of coffee, climbed over the dunes and watched the most amazing sunset. And I think that cost me £15 to park there for the night. So that's as wild camping as I do, really. I, I've I've got an app that someone told me about that tells you where you can safely wild uh, park so and camp. So um, I'm work I'm working on it. But yeah, I think I think I will go to some places that are organised as well. But that's some really great advice. So I wanted to ask. I'm often you, on my own in those places. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, I and yeah, I. So I I'm going I'm going to be on my own in some places. But I did a mistake. Um, the first, the day before I went for my first wild camp, I put it on one of the Facebook groups and then I took it down. Someone said, don't tell anyone where you're going to be. If you're going to be a lone woman parked on, along yeah. the roadside. So I never thought about that. So again, lots to learn along the way for sure. That is very important about safety when you're going out on your own. Um, I take lots of, of safety precaution measures with my alarm and use my seatbelt at the front, put it round the the um, handle of the door and then put it in so they can't open the door I've got uh, locks on the pedals of the motorhome um, and locks on the other door all over the place I'd never tell people where I am until I've left it I give a general area but I never tell people um, but there's all kinds of things you should consider safety is very important to a woman on your own regardless of what age you are 
Yeah, that's that's really good advice. And so we definitely want you to keep going on these wonderful adventures and everyone needs to follow you on social media. So it's mainly Instagram. Um, is it is that right? Mainly on Instagram. Well, I've got I've got Instagram, which is Siobhan Shiboff. I've got my website, SiobhanShiboff.co.uk. I've got a blog, which is SiobhanShiboff.blogspot.com. Um, and I'm on LinkedIn and I'm on Twitter. Fantastic. Fantastic. And we were just saying before we started recording that you're doing lots of talks around the country so people can catch up with you and come and meet you at, at some of these. So um, I also yeah, like walking at literary festivals, which I love. Yeah, which is great. Yeah, I hope to come and catch up with you. So I ask all my guests, um, have they ever heard people say, why didn't anyone tell me this? So that's why I've called the podcast this. So I wondered whether anyone had heard, had, had said, said that to you. Have you realised that that applied to people in your life? The big one for me is, is even though when I was nursing, I, I was doing my midwifery when I left and I've delivered babies. Uh, when I went into labour, um, I kind of thought to myself, why didn't anybody tell me this? Just quite how how it was going to pan out. Um, I did all these exercises and I was going to be this earth mother and my daughter was just going to pop out. Um, and I just ended up in the fetal position going, get it out, get it out. Get it. Um, so that's one where, why didn't anyone tell me it was going to be like this? But also adventure. I just wish somebody had told me more about the outdoors and adventure um, when I was a lot younger, I would have I most definitely followed a completely different career path if I'd known um, that we had careers advice. But in my days, it was kind of go to nursing and teaching, a university and a secretarial. You know, there was no talk of adventure like there is here. So I, I think, why didn't anybody tell me it was going to be like this? You know, because I would have been out there adventuring a lot earlier. But I'm glad to be a retirement rebel. So, <laughs> I I love that because um, uh, about three years ago I started cold water swimming, and I know you've been swimming, and all my other guests have been swimming. Actually, they've all had one thing in common. Um, I'm going to the sea in Folkestone when we finish this. I'm going swimming in the sea if I've got time. The high tide was at about half an hour ago, so perfect, perfect. But I I think for me as well. Um, I always giving the advice to try and help people improve their happiness because I think because we're rushing around, we just haven't. And I think that's what you're, well, obviously you're doing that too. People just don't, they don't smell the roses. They're just rushing, rushing, rushing. Yeah. They sit themselves in front of the TV and they're not enjoying nature. And our, I, I've, I've said it so many times, our planet is beautiful. And just watching a sunrise and a sunset is so good for our mental health. And we rush around too much. So on that... Just walking in the rain. Walking in the rain and getting wet. I, I'm house-sitting at the moment and took two dogs for a walk yesterday along the seafront. And I got soaked, but I just felt so happy. I love the smell of the rain and the freshness. You know, it's great. It makes me happy. And, and so many people, they say, oh, you know, if we move to somewhere like Australia, we have such good weather. We have great weather. As you say, enjoy the rain, enjoy the sun, enjoy the snow. What we do have is these beautiful seasons. And that is, and, and the, the change in, you know, we just had the equinox and everything. It's just such a, an amazingly different day. And having those four seasons in one day that we have, I think that what makes living in England so rich and amazing yeah definitely we, we need to enjoy it so you are 
incredibly motivating. What do you think motivates you? I think my daughter motivates me. She is an incredible, awesome woman. And she gave me confidence when I was lost. She got me to run a marathon when I was 53 and another one when I was 55, after I was just lounging on the sofa, losing myself. So she motivates me to do that. But also, every time I do something and I succeed in it, that and, and I see that other women enjoy that I've done that and they want to do it, that's my motivation. My motivation is to try and let as many women as I can feel as happy as I'm feeling. When I was in the Outer Hebrides, I ran to the top of a hill and luckily I was with an Australian woman who took pictures of me because it was a spontaneous thing and I've got some incredible pictures but I ran to the top of this hill and I just shouted out loud I'm back I'm back I'm a warrior I told you I'd be back and I just burst into tears and she took these pictures because I knew from that moment I felt that strength I felt like a warrior I felt like nobody would ever break me nobody would ever make me feel how I felt before I found my inner voice when I say yes I mean yes when I say no I mean no and I'm I'm at peace with that and that's how I want other women to feel and I encourage all my friends wherever we are to shout warrior and we do it a lot now even one of my my sister-in-law rings me up the first thing she does on the phone is go and I want that. I want tribes of us out there to really believe in ourselves and to find our happy place. So that motivates me a lot. That's so wonderful. Honestly, I just want to give you a big hug. <laughs> when we meet, we'll have a big hug. Hopefully we'll be with Joe Definitely. as well. And I can't wait to hear what you're going to say because so I can tell so many things make you happy. But um, what makes you happy and where is your happy place? Well, my daughter makes me happy, um, certainly makes me happy. My happy place is living in the moment, being with friends, having food and drink and laughter, you know, or, or just being able to really connect with friends, not necessarily laughter, you know, listen to their problems, whatever, but just my happy place is is more people rather than a place, connecting and feeling that I'm connecting and having the time to connect because I was spending a lot of time with a lot of people and doing dinner parties and partying, but not really connecting and not feeling as happy as I genuinely feel now. So I think my happy place is, is being with people and making people feel at ease. You are certainly doing that, Siobhan, really. You're ticking that with a big tick. And, and the very final question was, what advice would you give your younger self? I think you've covered that a little bit, but maybe you'd like to say, expand on that. I think I'd tell my younger self, you are okay, you are enough. Don't be afraid. You're not worthless. Um, oh, gosh, that makes me feel a bit emotional. Um you can do this, you know, you're okay, you can do this, and you are valuable, you are worth it. Yeah, you are worth it. That's what I tell my younger self. That is amazing advice for everybody, no matter what age we are, even if we're our older self. <laughs> um, oh, Siobhan, I knew it would be wonderful to talk to you, and we could talk for hours and hours, and I really can't wait to meet you in person. So I want to thank you so much for being on my podcast today. Thank you. 
It's been my pleasure and I'm so pleased you're getting out there in your van and I can't wait to meet up with you and do a bit of wild camping together. We will. We will for sure. Thank you very much.